What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host. John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? Sundays are for football, baby. Um, and I don't care what you got to do. You just got to make it work. And I know this isn't our usual time going live on Sundays, and I hope you will forgive me. The Chapman's lifestyle is bananas right now. <laughs> we are packing and showing our house at the same time, which is just a wonderful uh, formula for success. And so everything's just kind of, it's just a mess. But that's okay, because the one thing that is not a mess, when I'm live here on with you guys, and whether you're listening audio uh, downloading at a later time, or you're one of the the handful that join us live. I just want to say thank you. Love all the hashtag CCs. This is awesome. Look at this. David says, Argonauts and Elks at the top of the hour. Dying to watch any kind of football this time of year. I'm with you, man. Go through withdrawals. Again, what's up, Anita? Uh, we got Josh in the house, Shaggy. Brian Carter, I love it. And so, yeah, not the usual time, so I apologize for that. Uh, but so happy to be with you guys. We got a fun show. Hey. I've been doing a lot of collaborations with other people on their shows and my shows and whatever else. And so I've got some questions and some emails that have come across that I've been, I've already dug in and like done a lot of the research, but I just haven't had time to jump in. 
Um, so that's what we're going to do today. We're, we're going to start the show like we have much of the offseason, going with our best ever series. We've got number 17, uh, the best to ever wear 17 to start the show, the best to ever wear 18 to end the show. A lot of questions and topics in between. And I am flying solo today. So go ahead and tag me in the chat. Uh, bring all that you got in the chat. I, I want it all. Uh, but if you got a question you want discussed on the show, I'll try to star it and jump to that at the end of the show. So uh, if you get a question in there and I don't jump to it immediately, don't worry. Uh, we're going to be here. We're going to be hanging out. We're going to be talking some football. I freaking love it. What's up, Sin? Uh, what's up, Jordan? I love this, man. Lots of fun people in the chat today. It's going to be fun. So I have to say this is episode number 879 of the 49ers Rush podcast. We have spent some time together, and we're going to be spending some time together in person. Look at Jordan. Pittsburgh only a couple months away. That's right, baby. That's right. Now, before we look forward or where the 49ers are currently, let's look back. I, I love doing this nostalgic balancing of the past and the future. The best to ever wear number 17. Now, there are a lot of players that have worn this number. Um, Nobody really steals the cake, but if we're looking at like most recent players to wear this number, Josh Johnson, I know we don't want to hear that name too much right now, Tajay Sharp, Malik Turner, Travis Benjamin, even Joey Sly, the muscled up kicker, uh, Matt Cole, Jalen Hurd, oh, the pain subsides. But we've had a lot of good ones as well. Now, this is not one of the strongest number representations um, that we will deal with, but I think there, there's four worthy candidates that are to be brought up into consideration. Um, and, you know, in whatever order, it doesn't really matter. Billy Kilmer, he's probably the most, like, nostalgic, right? Played in the 60s, from 61 to 1966. He was a quarterback and a halfback. That was when we were doing all of the different, you know, you are running back, but you were throwing the ball and they were snapping it to different people, all that stuff. He was the first round pick out of UCLA, number 11 overall. And, you know, he had 15 rushing touchdowns. But listen to this. As a quarterback, <laughs> he only started one game, but they would do like two to three passes with him a game. He went 40 completions on 77 pass attempts. All right, that's not that many. He had, he had two touchdown passes, nine interceptions, uh, which is hilarious. Not good. But as a running back, he played pretty well. Um, he had a 15 AV score from the pro football reference site, uh, which just kind of provides some type of numerical value that you bring to the team. Um, then we got good old Steve DeBerg, baby, with an 18 AV score. And he had the highest score of any player that's worn 17. Um, I'll share some Twitter poll results. Uh, yeah, right here. I, I didn't even say the name, but that is correct. AJ Jenkins did wear number 17. Braylon Edwards, uh, Victor Bolden. You remember him? Yeah, they, there's, a, there's a lot of names that show up whenever you have 17. But uh, Stevie Johnson did not wear 17 for us. He, he does not show up on that. Now, uh, the, the problem I have is I do not remember which – uh, there we go. Steve Johnson, what he wore for us. So here we go. He wore number 13 for us. Yeah. So we already got to talk about him. I didn't want to misrepresent that Steve, Steve Johnson wore number 13 for the 49ers in 2014. So he was number 13. So we want to make sure I get that right. Now, Steve DeBerg is interesting. He played for us from 78 to 80. 
Seven wins, 28 losses, part of some really bad teams. Uh, that was before the Niners kind of took over and started winning championships. You know, Montana kind of came in and replaced him. 37 touchdowns, 60 interceptions, 55% completion percentage. But it's not like he had a bad career. He played for 18 years in the league. 18 years. Six with Tampa, four with the Chiefs, three for Denver, one for Miami, one for Atlanta. Now, the stats in the score, I only care what you do for the Niners. Everybody else, it's context, but it does not factor in. So uh, Steve DeBerg, pro football reference would say, was the most important, but they count in longevity a lot more than impact. The two players that stood out to me the most, one, Billy Kilmer way before my time, Jeremy Curley. He got a 5 AV score. And, you know, in 2016, he came in. That was the Chip Kelly year. He led the 49ers in receiving. He was like the first wide receiver to lead the 49ers in receiving for like the next five years. Because after that, it was like a tight end. Then it was a running back. And then, it, like, it was just, it was a mess. Um, Vernon Davis, all kinds of stuff. Like, it was just weird. But he had 64 catches, 667 yards, three touchdowns. Nothing special. But we are a predominantly run-heavy team back in the day. But, yeah, it, it's weird because I look back on Jerry Curley and it makes me scratch my head. I'm like, really? He played for us? And then you start looking through the stats. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember those games. Those were rough. Um, yeah, Sin, thank you. I love Curley for what he brought. He was just a weird cat. Um, he was weird. He was weird. Now, another player in my personal, who I would probably vote for, recency bias, I agree. Emmanuel Sanders. You remember the Niners traded for him. In 2019, they go 8-0 to start the season. They bring in Emmanuel Sanders at the trade deadline to help us out. He played 10 regular season games, but also three games in the playoffs. So 13 games, not even a full season. He left after the season. But, man, he was awesome. 36 catches, 502 yards, three touchdowns in the regular season. Now, in the playoffs, he didn't really do much because you just – you played Minnesota, ran them out of the house. They couldn't do anything. You played Green Bay, only rush attempts. I think Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball six times, ran them out of the house. Then you had the Super Bowl, and man, alternative history or whatever you want to call it, if that catch happens, if Garoppolo doesn't overthrow him and he catches it, he didn't. He didn't have the opportunity to. This would even be a conversation, right? Because... You know, he only got a 5 AV score, but the impact that he brought, because we had such young wide receivers at that game. It was like Kendrick Bourne. It was Debo's rookie, both of their rookie years. It was Kittle was young. Everybody was young. And then you brought in Emmanuel Sanders, the vet, who's already won two Super Bowls. And, man, it just it gelled perfectly. Wish we could have kept him. And to stick with that on top of that, Emmanuel Sanders has come out repeatedly and said he wishes he would have stayed. You know, he just went to the highest bidder. Saints paid more than we did, so he left. And I, I don't – not upset at him for that. He's got Super Bowl rings. He's going to do his thing, make his money. But, man, what if? You know what I mean? What if? Uh, now, I, I put this up on Twitter, but also Eric – shout out to the man Eric. He put it up on our Instagram broadcast channel, which if you haven't done that, man, we, we've got over 6,000 on our Instagram, which is cool. But if you haven't done this yet, what you can do is go to like our Instagram, 49ers Rush Podcast, and then click join broadcast channel. And it's own private chat. 
I think we have 200 plus members on there now where we could do polls and you can put questions and it's just extra content stuff just that we bring you. Uh, you could do this for almost all monetized accounts, but it's pretty cool. So he put that up there. Um, Sanders had the most votes, almost four to one over DeBerg. I put it up on Twitter and it got, I don't know, I think like 800, 900 votes before I went live. It's still live it, before I went live on the show, but the poll is still active. Sanders had a 65% vote, DeBerg 21, Kilmer 7, Curly 6. So uh, pro football reference says DeBerg. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it uh, just because he's played so much. The quarterback, I get it. I'm going to go Emmanuel Sanders, which is weird. Uh, only playing one year, but that's okay. I, I don't mind it at all. Look at this. Corey, thank you for the super chat, my friend. I really appreciate that. He said, thanks for the content, John. Man, I know life's been crazy for me. <laughs> and, and I apologize that sometimes this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Kind of, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say it takes a back seat during this time, but sometimes like it's just like I have to remind myself, like, all right, it's June. Yesterday's my son's birthday. I don't have to do a live show all the time. It's about the kid. It's about the family. We're moving. There's a lot of transitions. And it's hard for me. Like, I, I've i never been – a lot of it's just the way I was raised by my dad who ran a construction company and worked, you know, 90 hours a week his entire life till he died. Like, <laughs> swinging a hammer, 7 to 7, Monday through Saturday his whole life. Then I become a coach sleeping in my office in Texas. Like, work is a problem. Now, the good thing about this is this is fun as hell, man, which coaching was great too. And my son's literally 30 feet down the hall here. But sometimes, and you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people watching or listening, that work-life balance is it's hard sometimes. Um, and it's a challenge for me to say, no, I'm not going to do a show today. I'm going to try to be where I need to be, uh, which I'm not great at. But anyway, peek behind the curtain. Look at this. Leonardo, Leonardo he says, love this channel. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, Leonardo. I really, really do appreciate that. And all of you guys in here, that's what's up, man. Uh, this is awesome. Yeah. Sanders. I love these comments. Yatsik, my friend, what's up? Sanders was a huge stabilizing figure in the wide receiver room. It just changed. It changed. It changed. And if you want to know about wide receiver rooms uh, that you can bet on, or I'm sorry, that will bet on others. Here we go. Don Burr, bang, bang, Lions King. <laughs> Just giving you a hard time. I love me some Don Burr. Don, I would be remiss if one day you and I don't meet and I could buy you a beer or a drink beverage of your choice or grab some food together, man, because you just – I got a lot of respect for you, man. I, I know I give the Lions a hard time on here, but uh, this is two, two off seasons in a row, maybe three. 
that we've seen you in here. And I just want to say we really appreciate you. And man, I hope I hope the Lions have a lot of success this year. Uh really, really do. So uh, thank you guys. Oh, look at this. I love all the happy uh birthday wishes to the to the kiddo. No, we haven't moved yet. Um we are moving eighth. So, but we're both we're all going out of town this week, and we got a lot of stuff coming on. It's it's a it's a mess, man. Uh yeah, it's a mess. Oh, uh, what's up, RTP? He says you ain't never lied about the balance, JC. And I think people I wish people would be more honest just about things like that. Um I, I, I really do because it, I don't think any of us are the only ones going through issues. And I think social media kind of makes you feel that way a lot of times because everybody posts vacations and beautiful sunsets and all those fun things. And those are great things to share. I'm not saying don't share those, but we also don't share the negative times. And so, or the difficult times, nobody takes a picture of, you know, a family after an argument and said, Oh, we just hashed it out. Yay. Like that had happened. So anyway, I love you guys. Oh, look at this. Um, Don says, became a Lions fan. Life's easy. Detroit first. Everybody said he's coming to San Francisco next Niners Lions. Okay. Listen to me, Don Burr. When you come to San Francisco, your tailgate is on me, my friend. I will take care of everything. I want you to come hang out with us, party with us. And uh, let, let's have a drink together and get to know each other personally because you are freaking awesome, man. So uh, appreciate you guys. And look at that. This is what community is about. Yatsik, Don, my second favorite Lions fan. There we go. I'll take it. Uh, all right. Now, I do want to remind everybody, we are giving away an autographed Depot Samuel jersey Tuesday for the John and Wayne show. Uh, we're going to announce the winner live at 10 a.m. How, how do you enter? Very simple. You just got to be a Patreon uh, member. That's it. That's it. That's all you got to do. And um, we have free trials up. So we have, you know, memberships as low as a dollar and they go up to different level amounts. Um, eight dollars uh, a month is probably our most common. Um, if you want to check us out, patreon.com slash 49ers rush podcast or just Google 49ers and Patreon. But yeah, you can sign up for um, a free trial account and you're entered into the giveaway. That's all you got to do. Uh, you don't have to be present for our live show. Um, I will announce the winner live, but then I'll reach out to them if they're not watching live. I get it. We're all busy and jobs and all that stuff. But a uh, free autographed Debo Samuel jersey. If you want to enter, there's still time. I'll pick the winner Tuesday morning, so you still have time to do that. And it's the lifeblood of the show. Uh, the amount of content we put up there you know, with what we're doing, uh, it's an absolute blast. We're going through our 1994 season watch party, which, guys, we're in the playoffs. We're in the playoffs. Playoffs? We're in the playoffs. This Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. is the 49ers versus the Cowboys playoff edition 1994. Are you kidding me? So if you're one of the people that have not joined us, it's available to all Patreon tiers. $1 to the top. Everybody, come hang out with us this Wednesday. We're going to be watching the 49ers versus the Cowboys uh, in the NFC Championship of 1994. Come on, guys. There's... It's going to be a blast. I really hope y'all can make it. We only got two more because we got the NFC Championship game. Then we got the Super Bowl. Um, and that's going to conclude. We've, we've done all of them. We started week one and went through them all. We missed one or two just because YouTube took them down. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, that's there. Now, let's talk about this. I got a question from Gregory B. on Patreon. Thank you, Gregory. He says, I want to know your thoughts on Jack Coletto. Now, we're going through and doing our full – Roster countdown, 91 all the way to one. And I haven't got to Jack Coletto yet. In fact, he's number 67 on our roster countdown. I am very, very high on Jack Coletto. But also, it's not just me that's high on, on you know, Jack Coletto. Uh, the free agents 
Okay. All the contract information from the undrafted free agents is now public. Why is that important? Who cares, right? Well, the important thing is it tells you what the 49ers feel. So I'll tell you a little bit of my notes on Jack Coletto in a second, but listen to the 49ers talk because the amount of guaranteed money that goes out each year tells you who the 49ers prioritized and who they didn't. Now, they've already cut one, uh, two free agents, Shea West, the wide receiver of Tulane, and linebacker Mariano uh, Sorry Marin got injured. He got released with the injury designation, which if he, we already did the roster countdown, I had both of those guys pretty low. Um, but to put this into perspective, let's go through these bonuses. The number one paid guaranteed player of the undrafted free agents, cornerback, Longhorn baby, Deshaun Jameson, returner, corner, all those things. He got 140000 guaranteed. That was the most of all the 49ers of drafted free agents. Second was Joey Fisher, who they're playing at guard, not tackle, from Shepherd University. He got 130 k Third, the guy we we're just talking about, fullback, linebacker, quarterback, wide receiver, punter, field goal kick. He could do it all. Out of Oregon State, he got 110. Fourth was Ilm Manning, um, another guard player out of Hawaii, 105 k and then it drops. Next up is Spencer Waggy. I, 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 everybody's told me I keep pronouncing his name wrong. I'm trying so hard. Waggy? Waggy? I think it's Waggy. Um, from North Dakota State, he's a defensive tackle, 50K. Running back, Kalen LeBourne, 40K. Avery Young, safety, Rutgers, 15. Corey Luciano, center, Washington, 10. Ronald DeWatt, UTEP, running back, 7. And then Isaiah Winstead, who came in after the initial ones, 1,000. Now, his is kind of the anomaly because nobody picked up Isaiah Winstead. But what's important to realize, they already cut one other wide receiver, Shea Wyatt, from Tulane and kept Isaiah Winstead despite him not getting near as much money. So back to your question, Gregory. They really, really like him. I like him too. I, I wasn't sure where they were going to play him because he chose the 49ers over four other teams, which I thought was weird. Sean Payton was backing up the Brinks truck and wanted him to be the new Taysom Hill for the Denver Broncos. But he said, nah, uh, uh I want to play here for the Niners. Niners put him at fullback. Now, I, I'm not joking whenever I say he plays every position. He literally plays quarterback, running back, fullback, linebacker, tight end. Like, <laughs> for Oregon State. He played all those. Um, so I wasn't sure where they were going to put him. He's 6'3", 240, runs a 4'8", big, fast, strong. Um, they put him at fullback. The Niners worked him out at fullback almost the entire time. And yeah, he's he I like him. How do you play when Kyle Yuschek's on the team outside of an injury? And so this is interesting to me because Kyle Yuschek could play for as long as he wants to. You know what I mean? Like he's got an open pass, but I wouldn't be shocked. He's 32. He's 32 years old. Dude's been playing for a while. He's got 10 years in the league already. Now, I'm not saying this happened, but if I was the 49ers and I was going to lure Jack Coletto away from the Denver Broncos who have a guaranteed spot for him, here's what I would say. Look, Jack, Kyle Juszczyk's going to be hanging up the cleats in a year. That's not what I want to happen. I'm, I'm saying this is how it makes sense in my brain bucket, right? Juszczyk's going to be hanging up the cleats. Come learn for one year. You're going to be our fullback for a decade. 
Who uses a fullback like us, Jack? Nobody. Nobody. Look what we've done to Kyle Juszczyk's career. At Pro Bowl every year. We pay him, too. You come here for four years, learn for one. You start for, you know, two or three. But again, this is all dependent upon Juice. And Juice has earned the right to be here as long as he wants to be here. That's all. I'm not saying push him out. I'm saying that makes kind of sense, <laughs> right? If you're Jack Coletto, right? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a crazy person. But um, and probably my favorite thing about Jack Coletto, he was the Campbell Trophy semifinalist. That is the academic Heisman for college players. So he was a nominee. Then he made it to the semifinalist, but he didn't win the award. But he was one of the four most academic players in the country at all positions. Who's our fullback now? Oh, yeah. Didn't he go to a kind of a nice school? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. I've, I've drawn the lines, the parallel lines here. Um, maybe maybe it makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. Um, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, let's see here. David says, Jameson and LeBourne are my favorite undrafted free agents. I like that. Yeah, Jameson's the most. Uh, look at this. What's up? Don't, don't bother me. What's up, man? He came over from Wayne's channel. Appreciate you, man. Uh, he says, appreciate JC giving me something to listen to during my workout. Keep going, big dog. Add out 10 more minutes to your workout. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get it. I love it. I love it. Um, let's see here. RTP 49ers rush might be coming to Detroit first. Actually, the draft is up there next year and the 49ers are going to have not only a second round pick, but a first-round pick, unless we trade it, which uh, we'll see. But if the 49ers do have all their picks, we will be going to Detroit for the draft. Um, one, oh, I don't know if I should say this. Uh, I'll say this. There are a lot of 49ers players with Detroit or Detroit-area ties, and maybe or maybe not have already been out and reached with some of their agents to get some stuff worked out for the draft up there. So, anyway, stay tuned. That's a long time away, but anyway. Uh, yeah, Josh says, let's talk Deshaun Jamison. Man, I love Deshaun Jamison. I'm a Longhorn. I've seen every single play this guy has played since before. His, like, I, I, I've watched his high school tape <laughs> before the Niners got him. Um, I love the Longhorns. They are, they are a passion of mine. I love him. He is a big play. There's a term. <laughs> we would call these players double agents. Um or we would say they keep both teams in the game because he he's a freak player. And what I mean by that is pick six city. I mean, interceptions, punt returns, touchdowns, kickoff return, touchdowns. Like he is dangerous. However, if I want to be fair, helps the other team out a lot too. He's a gambler. He's a risk taker. He's more in the kind of Trayvon Diggs mold. If you know what I'm talking about, where he gets burned a lot. He gives up big plays a lot, but he makes gigantic plays. So if you watch Deshaun Jameson's highlights, you are just like, mm, you're licking those fingers, man, because it is tasty. But you watch the game tape, and it's like, ooh, yeah, he got that pick six, but he gave up two touchdowns. That hurts. But I do love him. I, I really, really do. And if he gets the proper coaching, which DB Godfather, uh, as Diamador Lenore referred to Wilkes, our new D.C., yeah, he's and, and look what the Niners paid him. They gave him the most money. Um, yeah, uh, Josh says uh, Jack Coletto is Taysom Hill. That's what that is the way in which Sean Payton like put everything out there. And 
Yeah, man. Uh, I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, right here. Jordan Juice with the Harvard. Um, hope they call it out and broadcast someday. Yeah, Kyle Juszczyk can do whatever he wants. Literally. I mean, if he wants to retire in the woods and just be a badass, whatever. He and his wife seem like amazing people, beautiful people. Uh, which we are going to be talking about another beautiful 49er before this show uh, gets uh, done. That's, that's a teaser in the business. RTP. What's up, Matt? Uh, he says... JC, never been to a draft, but I'd pull up if you were involved. Man, we had probably one of the coolest parties ever in Vegas. Um, Fred Warner, Elijah Mitchell came out. We partied. Man, that was such a cool experience. Uh, I really, that was a bucket list item. So I'd like to replicate that um, because the draft is such a cool time because nobody's against each other. You got all 32 teams represented throughout the city, wherever it's at, and everybody's hopeful. It's really, really cool. And, like, you don't get, like, a bunch of a-hole fans to travel to the draft. These are people that believe in the future and want to enjoy themselves and have a good time. I've been to seven drafts. I've been to two in Chicago, Dallas, Vegas, Nashville, uh, missing one other. Um, anyway, so so freaking fun. So freaking fun. So, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll take that for what it is. All right, here we go. Derek. Derek B. He said, I was curious, curious if you or anyone else – Talked about how the Eagles lost. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After they played us, what's just fed into the 2022 crazy stat that every single team that played the 49ers the week afterwards lost. Uh, thank you, Derek. I really, really appreciate that. He, he even highlighted that, yeah, it didn't apply all the time because of bye weeks and whatever else. Well, I dove back into this, and there, there's a couple ways you could look at this, okay? You could say that every single team that played the 49ers in 2022 lost the following week. That is 100% accurate. Now, if you're going to include the Eagles, you also have to include the Chiefs earlier in the year. Because the Niners played the Chiefs. We got blown out. The Chiefs had a bye week after us and then won in overtime the following week. So there's two ways that you can look at this, okay? You could say... Teams went 1-16 after playing the 49ers. Or you could say teams went 0-15 the following week after playing the 49ers. Both of those statements are true. So you either include the Chiefs in the Eagles game, which the Eagles lost, right, to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, or you could say 0-15. Now, the reason why those numbers work out is we after we played the Cardinals week 17, they didn't play anymore, right? Their season was over. And then after we beat the Seahawks and Cowboys in the playoffs, they didn't play anymore either. And then there's that week off from the NFC Championship when we played the Eagles and lost to the Super Bowl. So a couple different ways to look at look at that. But yeah, the, the 0-15 after teams play the 49ers the following week, yeah, I think it's a testament just to the physicality that the 49ers bring to the game offense and defensively. It, it just wears you out. And this is not a new thing. It was like this back in the Singletary days, too. We were just a behemoth, a juggernaut. You had all the huge freaking offensive linemen. 
And we were just so physical with Frank Gore and Vernon Davis. Not that Vernon Davis was physical, but Anquan Bolden. Like, we were just tough defensively. Golly, look at our linebackers. You don't have to go much further than that. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I thought that was interesting. Um, couple comments I see here. Greg, it says, Juice might have three more years left in him. I think athletically, yes, he does. The question I don't think has to do with what's left in him. It's what he wants. That dude's made a lot of money, and rightfully so, and he can do whatever he wants right now. So if not everybody's open to playing, 10 years in the NFL is incredible. He's already hit that milestone. I know he wants a ring. Love to get him a ring, but we'll see. I, I, I This could be his 11th year. He's going to be 33 next year. Does he want to play until he's 34, 35, 36? He can, and I think the 49ers would be open for that. But, yeah, we'll, we'll have to kind of wait and see what that looks like. You know what I mean? Because it... We're just going to have to see right here. Juice is not cap friendly. Ooh, well, let, let, let's let's talk about this. Let me open it up um, because I, I don't think that it's as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Oh, look at that. I type in Kyle and it just fills in the use check. So I don't have to go through all the <laughs> stuff. Uh, I mean, so if you're looking at the cap hit this year, six and a half millions, pretty. That's a lot this year. Twenty twenty three. Next year, 7.5. Following year, 7.5. Yeah, that's a lot. Now, there's outs. And so there's a player option after this year where you could save $6.25 million. You'd only be paying him $1.3. So, yeah, $7 is a lot for a fullback. Do I think he's worth it? Yes. Could they finagle that some? Yes. This year, 6.5. We'll see. Uh, next year, you got to do something with the contract. I'm not saying you got to cut him. I don't think that's what you would do in that situation. But you could redo his contract and push some of it back. You could figure that out. Uh, because he did such a cap-friendly restructure already. I mean, last year's cap hit was 2.9. The previous year was 2.2. So we backloaded it. And that allowed us to get other guys. What are you going to do the following year? We'll see there. Uh, Juice will retire when his contract is finished. Not sure when that is. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, and, and, you know, again, I, I don't think that they're going to push him out the door, though, Jedi. Uh, he's a nice toy, but we'll be gone soon. I think the age probably is a bigger factor than anything else, but that's just my opinion. Um, now, let's go to – got a fun question here from the sarcastic guy on Twitter. He says, do you think it's possible the Niners move away from a base defense even more? He's talking about the 4-3, right? That is our base defense. Um, after losing Aziz, I think that makes it even easier to do. Moving maybe a nickel or bringing in Tig, talking about uh, Jair Brown. His nickname is Tig, short for Tigger, um, to be a third safety out there. What do you think? Let's go through this. Now, Aziz was awesome. He was great. In 2022, he played 383 snaps, not that many. There were 1,274 defensive snaps total in the regular season. He played 383. Divide that out, it's exactly 30%. So three out of 10 snaps, we were in our base defensive thing. Now, that doesn't fully work because I always have to get in these caveats with football, <laughs> especially when there's 17 games. 
Because, yeah, he played 30% of the snaps, but Dre Greenlaw missed two games, and he filled in, So, but it, it equals out. So the 49ers are intriguing because they already play some of the fewest snaps as far as, like, heavy boxes, right? So seven is standard. Eight is heavy. Six is light. And whenever I'm talking about, like, boxes, okay, if you go from the tight end, even if there's not a tight end, you do imaginary tight end, you draw the line up six yards, you draw it all the way across, and then down to the other imaginary tight end on the other side of the center, that's the box, right? And so the I think what confuses people sometimes when you hear commentators talk is they'll say, oh, that's a five- or six-man front. Well, that's how many line are on the line of scrimmage, right? 49ers see five and six fronts all the time. But in the box includes linebackers and defensive linemen, okay? So a normal box is seven, four, three. Four defensive linemen, three linebackers. Now, eight is heavy. The Niners never do that. Niners never do that. The only time that they do that is whenever they walk in Talano Hufunga, but that doesn't happen very often, or it's in the goal line or short yardage, whatever else. You look at teams playing the 49ers, it's first and 10, and we're playing against eight-man boxes why because everybody is so terrified of the shanahan run scheme it you know i do the thursday what's it called scouting reports where i go through the film of the team we're playing offense defense and stuff like that and ant from 49ers cutback helped us with that last year it was almost impossible because you would look at the defense playing against another zone run team and they're playing with six and seven man boxes but you don't get that with the niners you don't get it when we played the Eagles, they had eight and nine man boxes. That's what they had because everybody's so scared of the Kyle Shanahan run scheme. They bring an extra defender and put them on the line of scrimmage. You, you look at the play where Brock Purdy got hurt. That's a five man front with two or three linebackers behind them. We don't, other teams don't play that way against other teams. It's just against us. The 49ers, the anomaly there. So where was it going with this? The Niners play with a light box already. We play with six, 70% of the time. Nickel, right, is a 4-2-5. Four defensive linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs, where you bring in what we call the nickel back. Last year was Jimmy Ward. This year, going to be Isaiah Oliver probably to start. We'll see what happens. So we already played light boxes on first and second down. We don't do five-man fronts, five defensive linemen. Niners don't do that, ever. Now, why? Because our linebackers are so damn good. Uh, just earlier today, I don't. Have, I didn't. I should have grabbed a screenshot. I apologize. PFF put out a stat. Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw are the only linebackers, not duo, not whatever. No, no, no. Each one of them by themselves. There's two linebackers in the NFL that have 80 plus run grade and an 80 plus coverage grade since 2001. They're the only ones. They're the only ones in the NFL. We got both of them. So the Niners can stick to a nickel package, a lighter box, because you only got six, right? Seven is normal, six is light. They're already doing that, and that was with Aziz. Now Aziz is gone. So that 30% is kind of up for grabs. I think eventually you could probably make that change to a what I would like to see personally Um would be, you know, a, a three-tier safety program, which it would be our dime package, 
where you would have your 14 linemen, you'd have Fred Warner as the lone linebacker, and then you would have six defensive backs, right? So a 4-1-6, uh, but it's called dime, right? Um, that's what I would like to do. But I don't think you could do that with Jair Brown until probably after a month into the season. You got to let him kind of get his feet wet, special teams, make sure he knows this, and then you could bring in that you know third safety. That would be fun because Tig is awesome. And we already know Talano Hufunga could play linebacker if he wanted to. But if you go watch the Jair Brown tape in college, here's what I say. I think we have three or four breakdowns, full game tapes over on Patreon. So if you just go to, if you're on our Patreon, on the search field, on our main page, there's just like a search thing. Click there, type in Jair Brown and hit enter. It loads all of his tapes that we have uploaded. Watch him in the goal line. That dude is, he he can play, he can play the box. So, but you're getting lighter than Drake Greenlaw, and you're getting a little bit more functionality there. So I would like that. I really, really would. But the fact that the Niners are already on the lightest side of the NFL as far as light boxes, they do it almost as much as anybody. I wouldn't want to go too much further. Um, the addition of Javon Hargrave helps even more. And it's funny because the evolution of the NFL, this isn't new for the 49ers, by the way. Vic Fangio, his, the reason why the Fangio system, he's incredible. Uh, I'm very excited to see what he's going to do in Miami. But the reason why the Niners were so special back in 2012, 2011, 2013, when we had top five defenses was because we could commit to only seven men in the box. We didn't have to go heavy. He always had that shell, right? You're, you're dropping everybody back, kind of this cover two high or a cover four, which we do a similar thing now, but just out of, out of a different front. But the way that the Fangio system was able to always accomplish this was by having two gapping defensive linemen. That was a three, four, three down linemen, four linebackers. Justin Smith. That's why Justin Smith was so damn important because he could play two gaps and you didn't lose anything. Well, the current Niners, their defense achieves the same goal, except they do it with athletic linebackers where we could do a 4-2-5 and not give up in the run game because you got two beasts patrolling behind a good defensive line. You got Trey Greenlaw and you got Fred Warner. So that's fine. Yeah, you're lighting the box, and teams will audible to a run play against us and lose because our linebackers are so damn good. And this is kind of the Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa effect as well because they're so damn good against the run. Now, Javon Hargrave can do what he's done in the past. Woo! Give me chills, baby. Give me chills. Woo! I like it. I like it. Uh, now, hopefully that answers your question. I would like to do some more, and I want to get Tig some snaps. But at the same time, you don't want to go too crazy with it because you're already on the fringe statistically for having a super light box in the NFL anyway. Uh, and look at this right here. Yeah, Josh, man, we've been spiked with linebackers for a while now. We really, really have. Uh, oh, spoiled. I like spiked. Spiked works as well. Uh, George says hit that like button, everybody. Yeah, why not? Why not, guys? All right, let's go to... Let, let, let's wind this down, but this is going to be a long segment because I did a little too much research today, so I apologize. The best number 18 ever for the 49ers. Now, I did not uh, do a poll on this one because it's pretty one-sided. Um, there's really only let, – let me just pull up. I'll, I'll go through quickly just all the people that have sported the number 18. I'm going to leave the answer out uh, for who – 
who the winner is. Uh, you got Fred Gerke back in the 50s, one year. Um, Elvis Gerbeck, who we'll talk about. Steve Stinstrom, James Jordan, Otis Amy, Ashley Lee. Tell me that is a bring back memories. Michael Spurlock, Brett Swain, uh, DeAndre White, DeAndre Smelter, DeAndre Smelter. Sorry about that. Alabama guy. Lewis Murphy, Dante Pettis. We'll talk about him. Mitch Wisnowski. Um, that's his new number, right? Um, and Muhammad Sanu. Those are all the players that have worn number 18. Uh, Sanu was great. You know, fill in role. He got a two AV score. Mitch Wisnowski. He's punted a hell of a lot better since he switched his number. His last year was his best year. He's got a two AV score. Uh, I don't think that he fits in this one at all. Uh, there's really just three guys. Dante Pettis had a five AV score. I was so happy. You know, talk about being at the draft. That was the Dallas draft, which was really cool. I was there with friends. Um, yeah, I'm from Dallas, obviously. And so we're walking into the draft, and these guys are walking out, and they're like, hey, guys, we got to leave. We got backstage passes. And I was like, can I buy you guys some shots and some beers? And they're like, yeah. So we went and paid for them to have some shots and some beers. They gave us their backstage passes. Uh, we were right down on the floor, man, like literally like maybe 20 feet from the stage. And when they announced that trade-up, this was day two, when they announced the 49ers traded up, Dante Pettis was my number one wide receiver that year. Um, and I was I was so sold. Ah. Ah. So bad. So bad. It just never panned out. Never panned out. David says, was Gerback 18? He sure was. Uh, <laughs> Pettis revenge game in Chicago. He had one revenge game. It was one blown coverage on like a nine-second coverage. Yeah, the cat guy. That's right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I I don't... How do I say this? Whenever I think about Dante Pettis, I get really frustrated. I get mad because of what could have been. What I mean, it made sense. It made perfect sense. It was a perfect pairing, him and the Shanahan system. But you never know what's up here. And is it right to feel anger towards somebody? Probably not. But this is what sports do to us. And I, I hope nothing but the best for Pettis. I don't have no ill will towards him. Or somebody called me out for talking about Kyle Williams the other day. And I'm like, why can't we talk about it? Like, why can't we talk about it? Um, I'm not wishing any harm on Kyle Williams or Dante Pettis, but it's okay to say I'm frustrated. Like we can't be frustrated with people. Like, that's okay. I know people are frustrated with me all the time. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Now the two guys I want to talk about Elvis Gerback and then the winner of the answer. Um, Elvis Gerback was entry. He had an 11 AV score, according to Pro Football Reference, which is decent. Uh, he was the quarterback from 1994 to 1996. Came in as the backup. Uh, he was an eighth-round pick from Michigan. Eighth round. We don't even have that anymore. Um, which was interesting because he, he followed around a lot of famous, famous people. At Michigan, he was awesome. I think he played in multiple Rose Bowls. I remember him for the famous pass, touchdown pass to uh, Desmond Howard in the Rose Bowl against Notre Dame. Uh, what would that have been, like 1993, I guess? Um, but he, he comes in, he's the backup to Steve Young and played really well, uh, be really, really honest. As the backup for three years, he went 6-3 and three as a starter. Those were some quality freaking teams. Got a Super Bowl ring with us in 1994. And then he goes to Kansas City to replace Steve Bono who was with the Niners as well, which is funny. 
Then in 2001, he goes to Baltimore to replace Trent Dilfer, who then came to the 49ers and had probably the worst statistical season of any quarterback in the history of mankind for the 49ers. A lot of people don't remember that. It was so bad. But it's funny because he had all these – he was just following 49ers quarterbacks his entire career. Then I did a quick Google search, and I never knew this story. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. It doesn't matter to the Niners necessarily. He was voted people's sexiest man, right? I told you earlier we were going to get to sexy people again in the show. He was voted people's sexiest athlete in 1998 with the Chiefs. But hold on. There's a whole story here. I had never even knew about this. Turns out he was not the winner, but he is the winner now. They didn't tell the photographers which quarterback for the Chiefs to the that won. And so they just sent, you know, photograph the photographers that didn't know who the guy was. Oh, it's the Chiefs quarterback. So they get there, they ask for the Chiefs quarterback, and sure enough, Elvis Gerback walks out. They take their pictures, they do a whole story on him, and then they finish the story, and somebody goes, uh, that's the wrong Chiefs quarterback. The winner was Rich Gannon. But uh, the magazine felt bad and didn't want to retract it. And so they just kept it. So here we are, Elvis Gerback, the sexiest man of 1998. So uh, <laughs> I know it's nothing to do with the Niners, but I thought it was funny. Um, anyway, I, anyway, it's what it is. Now, the best number 18 ever, and it is not close. You got to go back uh, in the day for this one. Gene Washington. Played for the 49ers from 1969, nice, to 1977. Was awesome. This dude has an 83 AV score. 83. Gerback had an 11. So then I went through, okay, and counted all the top players. He's 22nd. So he's got the 22nd highest AV score ever for anybody that's wore the 49ers jersey. Um, just, and again, to put into perspective, these are the players that he has mentioned around. He, he has a higher AV score than Jeff Garcia and Navarro Bowman just behind Justin Smith and Frank Gore for the Niners. So dude was big time, but it's sixties and seventies football you know, way before Rosie red sheet Chapman's walking around, you know, drinking beers. It's not even happening for a long time. He was a wide receiver and strong side defensive end. This is way back when they played both sides. He was a first-round pick out of Stanford. Four Pro Bowls, two All-Pros. He was second-team, all-70s decade team. This is Now, this was probably my favorite part, going through the stats in the different years, because, again, this is way before my time. I don't, have, I don't know these things. So the only way that you can find out these things is by doing research. He led the NFL in receiving with 1,100 yards in 1970 and yards per game. He had 84.6 yards per game. So he led the NFL in both those categories in 1970. Then he led the NFL in touchdowns with 12 in 1972. And my favorite stat of Gene Washington, he led the NFL um, in yards per reception in 1974. This is bananas. 21.2 yards per reception. Now, I, I know you're listening you're like, so what? What the hell does that mean? Debo led the NFL in yards per reception in 2021 by like three or four yards. He had 18.2. This dude, 50 years before Debo, was averaging 21.2 yards per reception? Explosive. That's what Gene Washington was. Incredible guy. 
Um, now he is not on the 49ers retired number list. I, I don't think they're going to be adding to that list for a while. Frank Gore, maybe, uh, but Joe Staley, they gave away number 74 pretty soon right afterwards. Uh, but the number 21 hasn't popped up just yet. So it's hard for teams to retire these numbers because you just run out. <laughs> you you got to have 90, not, 49ers have 91 players and they've retired 12 numbers. Yeah, figure that out. The math doesn't work. There's not 112 numbers. There's 100. <laughs> and now there's 101 because you can wear zero now. But you've got a lot of players that have to double up jersey numbers on the back end of the roster just because it, we don't have enough numbers because of all the retired numbers. Now, you are allowed to ask, hey, Jerry Rice, can I wear number 80? And if Jerry says yes, then you can. That's kind of the way it works. But it's kind of frowned upon a lot of times unless you know like Aaron Rodgers whenever he went to the Jets a lot of people were wondering if he was going to ask Namath if he could wear 12 I think I got my numbers right but he didn't instead he changed his number and I don't say this much respect to Aaron Rodgers for that um that number needs to be sacred in my opinion but anyway uh, all those saying uh, Gene Washington was awesome and by far the best number 18 to ever wear the 49ers jersey. I freaking love it. Um, lots and lots of fun there. Now, Yatsik, what's up, man? He says, I appreciate everything you do for the community. Be sure to take a breather or two during July. I will be taking a breather this upcoming week. I'll be traveling again. Uh, me and the whole family, we will be traveling. So uh, I'm going to be out of the country again for a couple of days. But I'm trying to get some content done, um, you know, as far as just the roster countdowns and all that stuff so I can upload that so that you guys could have some stuff this upcoming weekend. What's up, Buff Ren? Glad to have you here. But, man, this was fun. I, I know it was – I guess it wasn't too quick. I, I turned it into a 50-minute show. Whenever I do these notes, you never know because sometimes this could be a 30-minute show or it could be long-winded. It could be an hour show. Uh, you never know. But this was fun and a lot of stuff going on. Tomorrow I'm doing a joint show with Rohan. Uh, this is the second installment where we do our offensive draft back, or we did the offensive draft already. Now we're going to do the defensive draft. That's tomorrow at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Then Tuesday, we have our John Wade show at 10 a.m. Uh, normal time, and that's where we're giving away the Debo Samuel jersey, autographed jersey. So, again, if you haven't joined a Patreon, go get it done. But for us, that's going to do it for us here today. Lots of fun. You guys are incredible. And until next time, stay strong, faithful. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.